Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time for the second half of the Curtain Call podcast. My name is Michael Beck, joined as always by Jeffrey Benedict. First half of the show really talked about uh, the Super Bowl a lot, kind of uh, how it relates back to the Steelers and kind of uh, where they can kind of take this team uh, moving into the future. But one of the biggest things going on right now for the Steelers and is going to shape at least the next 12 months, is this Ben Roethlisberger, ben Roethlisberger extension that was supposed to go down some point this week. That being said, as I look at my watch here, it is uh, currently at the time of recording. It's almost 10 o'clock Eastern on Wednesday night. The work week is more than half over. So, Jeffrey, is there any concern that the contract might not be done uh, within what Ed Bouchette's kind of timeline that uh, he kind of he, he gave out, or uh, do you think this could be uh, extended a little bit longer? The, the Steelers don't really talk much. Like, they wait to announce things. So, in my opinion, it could be done now. We wouldn't know. Because until, like, they could be like, hey, Ben, we got the details together. When do you want to get together and sign it? Let's uh, let's do that, like, Saturday. You know, we're, we have it figured out. We'll just wait four, year, four days, and then we'll sign it. Like, they're not going to be in a hurry. Uh, they still got all the COVID protocols, all that nonsense going on. Shouldn't say nonsense. Uh, they got that stuff going on that they have to be mindful of. So I don't oh, – I sound terrible when I say that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyways, so uh, I expect it will happen. I don't, ex- I don't ex- think they'll have any trouble with it because uh, it's not going to affect Ben Roethlisberger's money much. Like it's, they're going to be like, okay, if you're willing to pay for less, how much less? Okay, we'll we'll work that in. If if you want to take less, we'll let you take less. But if he says I want every single penny, they'll just push all that money down the road. 
Uh, I don't know if we talked about Drew Brees' contract last week. I don't think we did. I think that might have came out after the fact. So do you yeah. want to touch on what Drew Brees did and uh, if that yeah, gets when, the pull that? When Drew Brees took a minimum contract for this year, his cap hit is almost entirely previous contract, dead money on what's called void years. So they would sign him to what is a three-year contract with two void years at the end, which all that lets us that's, does is that takes the guaranteed money from like the signing bonus and things that they're allowed to spread out over multiple years, and they can take a three-year contract for Drew Brees and spread his signing bonus out for five years. Well, when they re-signed him, he still had two years of void contract, dead money, owed him. So like you're signing him to a new deal, but he has dead money from his previous year previous deal on there even though he's no longer under contract like he's not under contract they just had void years so they pushed it out again to more void years to push so that all the money that he just made that that he made last season is basically going to be paid going to be charged to their salary cap over like the next three years which is just like they know he's not going to play he's going to retire and they're just still going to spread out the cap hit from you know 2018 and 2019 is and 2020 are getting spread out over the next three years. The Steelers have never done that in my that I know of, but they could even do something like that. Like if Ben's like, I'm gonna play maximum of two more years, they could extend him out four years, but have two of them be void years and get whatever money he takes, boom, just spread it out. He would still have that 19 million cap hit, but then spreading out like that, you can get his cap hit all the way down to, you know, league minimum plus his dead money. Uh, and and that's a big deal. People, when they look at dead money, right? When they look at the, the cap hit, the cap hit that's not cash that player is getting, that is mechanisms the team did. That has nothing to do with it. Ben has nothing to do with that 19 million. That is Omar Khan. That is Omar Khan and Kevin Colbert coming together and saying, where do we want to pay this money in what year? You know, when do we want this to hit? They did that. That has nothing to do with Ben Roethlisberger. If, if, he doesn't care when they pay the cap hit. I, I doubt Ben Roethlisberger gives two thoughts about when this you know, He trusts those guys. You're, you're, that's their job. You tell me what money I'm getting and when I'm getting paid, and I don't care when it hits the cap. That doesn't matter. So Ben has nothing to do with that and how they choose to structure it. There's all kinds of options, including do the Drew Brees thing. Give, give extra years on there and pay it down the road when the, when the NFL salary cap is, is bounces back even higher. Uh, we got uh, BTSE co-editor Dave Schofield in comments. Uh, he does have an article on exactly what the Saints did. Uh, if you scroll back on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, you can check out all the information uh, on that article up on the website. So uh, as soon as you're done listening to this podcast, make sure to go click over to the website and check that out. But Jeffrey, when it, in terms of this contract, it seems the most likely thing to have happen is those void years, uh, especially if Ben only intends on playing one more season, uh, which he's already under contract for. Uh, is that the way you, you kind of see this playing out or do you think it could go in a different direction? Well, void, void years are interesting because they're they're – like never intended to be played. Like they're not a, a real contract. It's a very weird thing. Uh, I would say check out Dave Schofield's article. He probably covers that better than I could. Um, but what what 
well, you know, the, the whole mechanism of void, void years. But I do expect them to push some contract back for Ben Roethlisberger. I expect them to make a deal uh, that is set up for him to be able to play for like three years. That's kind of what I'm expecting. And also make it so, hey, you know, you could play these years or you could not play these years. And if you don't play these years, then you just get, you know, your signing bonus. If you do play these years, we'll pay you those years too, but make it so you can get out from under it. It's not like, you know, you're signing him to a five-year deal and if he if he retires after next year, you're completely screwed because you paid him five years worth of money. It's not going to be like that, but I do, I expect them to do that because that's how they do business. They're going to, they are, they are, the Roonies are ride or die with Ben Roethlisberger and I don't expect that to stop. Yeah, no, it's, it's really, those words are, uh, couldn't be any truer. I'd say uh, Ben Roethlisberger has pretty much gotten everything he's ever wanted out of his team. Uh, and that, that really isn't a bold take either. When it, when it comes to legends like Troy Polamalu and Heinz Ward, they, they got pushed out the door. Uh, and even this past week, uh, we saw, I, I believe it was like Taylor that uh, was saying Ben should retire because he's detrimental to the team at this point. Do you believe that at all? Or is that uh, is that just media members trying to stir the pot? Well, like Taylor, that could be legit, man. Like I, I see, I'm not, I don't have any inside access to that locker room. Uh, I personally, I hope Ben comes back. I don't think Mason and Devin and Haskins, I don't think Rudolph and Haskins are ready. Uh, and I don't, I don't want to invest in a quarterback right now. I'm, I've, you, I've talked about it before. I want want an offensive line rebuild first, rebuild the line first, then get a quarterback. That's my mind on that. Uh, so I don't, I don't want Ben to leave quite yet, but I'm not willing to invest in him either. Again, look at going to the Super Bowl. Tom Brady in that game. You look at the first five, six, seven games of, of the Steelers season, and you look at what Tom Brady did against Kansas City, and you tell me the difference between what Ben Roethlisberger was doing early this season and what Tom Brady did in the Super Bowl. I, I've said this before. If you look at the I made an, I wrote an article about the, the importance of the Steelers running the ball. When Ben Roethlisberger had a run game early in the year, early in the Steelers season, he was a dark horse MVP candidate playing kind of like Tom Brady did there. He wasn't he wasn't putting up the yards, but his touchdown interception efficiency was ridiculous. His completion percentage was great. Like you're just he's just making plays and the Steelers are running the ball. The run game went away and all of a sudden Ben everyone's like, "Oh gosh, Ben Roethlisberger can't even play quarterback anymore." Like he's terrible. He's legitimately just terrible at quarterback. Well, yeah, the, he needs a run game. He doesn't have an Antonio Brown who can just get open no matter what. Like it's on that page with him, has that Wi-Fi. We've talked about that. Ben either needs that number one wide receiver that he really has that c- connection with. That it doesn't matter what the defense does. You know, you you can't you can't stop this offense because there's this guy and Ben. Or he needs a run game. You you have to have one of those two. Uh, so if the Steelers get the run game, Ben could beat Ben could pull a Tom Brady if they get that. And also, the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers drafted a tackle in the first round, and he started every single game, including the Super Bowl. They ran the ball. They won. Like, come on, Steelers. We also have a great defense. <laughs> like, we could do this. There's, <laughs> there's a pattern out there. Yeah, there really is. And one of the reasons why I'm smiling right now is because you brought up uh, Mr. Third and Fifth, who, I don't know if you heard it, he gave us another gem after the Super Bowl uh he was asked whether or not he wants to return to Tampa Bay, and he says, "Of course I do. I want to go for the two peat." <laughs> just like 
this guy, like, the word is repeat. Why are you going to throw a two-peat in there? His, li- his lines are legendary. I had not heard that. That is incredible. Yeah. Oh, that Stay. is Antonio Brown. Hey, Central Michigan education right there. That's uh, the fine folks. Uh, I, I know I know you're uh, from Team Big Blue, so. Oh, man. Uh, I absolutely like – I, I I'm, not, I'm not a huge – I'm not like I don't love it, but I'm glad Antonio Brown is like out of the news. Seems to have gotten himself in a place where he's at least stable. Like he is in at least a stable place right now, um, and I I just like that. I'm like I'm like I'm happy for him because he was phenomenal here until things went bad, and I'm choosing to like okay yeah things went bad here he had to go, but I I don't view him as a villain. He gave us everything he had. There, there is no wide receiver who works harder than Antonio Brown. Um, he was absolutely phenomenal here. And he got a Super Bowl ring. I'm, I'm okay with that. His touchdown catch was classic A-B. He looked like he was running four routes to say, at, at one time and then catches a ball thrown you know, at his knees. Just, it's A-B. I think after the game, uh, Tom Brady even said he ran the wrong route on that play. But, hey, he scored a touchdown, so <laughs> guess it a- doesn't matter. AB makes the wrong routes good, right? Exactly. He makes the wrong route right. He just, it just doesn't matter. <laughs> and you know what? As we're continuing on with this kind of funny stuff, uh, revolving around the Super Bowl, Dave Schofield again uh, brings up Tom Brady uh, staggering around. Uh, I don't know if you saw the clips of him uh, at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, boat party. But uh, it seemed like he had a, a couple of those avocado adult beverage, beverages. <laughs> <laughs> have, have you he probably seen had like one beer. He's oh, like, I haven't, had al- I haven't drank alcohol. I only drank alcohol after I win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Somewhere I have the TB12 method. And yeah, it's like it's, it probably was his first beer since uh, he played in Michigan. It's probably the, 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 real, the real situation. But getting back to the quarterback stuff now, outside of the Steelers, and really the AFC North, like we talked about off air, the quarterback carousel in the NFL this year, it's it like legitimately there, there could be up to like 20 teams with a different starter from 2020 to 2021. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Like Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, maybe even Dak, Pre- Dak Prescott doesn't even get a deal in Dallas. Like there's a legit, like a ton of talent at the quarterback position that could be playing elsewhere. What are your thoughts on this? And why is this happening all of a sudden? I, it's crazy to me. It's absolutely crazy. I understand why it's happening. Uh, people are talking about quarterbacks wanting out and quarterbacks, you know, like Watson and the power he is showing. Um, the problem is quarterback, the way the NFL has engineered the league, it's a passing league. They have spent decades writing the rules to be all about the quarterback and they have doubled down on them so hard in the last like three, four years to be like, you don't touch a quarterback. You don't touch their receivers. You know, like you let you just let the passing game be. Just leave it alone so we can get all these numbers and always have quarterbacks healthy. We don't want injured quarterbacks and we want lots of stats because people like high scoring football. That makes quarterbacks more important. It makes average quarterbacks look better than they do. Uh I, I wrote this in my running my one article. I was writing it. Uh Dan Reno in 1992 led the NFL with stats that would put him firmly in like the middle of the league, like Mitchell Trubisky land. 
like Steve Young's completion percentage from 92 when he was like setting the bar as like one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time for completion percentage was would be 14th in the NFL this season. 14th and behind Mitchell Trubisky, right? That's the kind of stuff we're talking about. Passer rating, like Steve Young was the first guy to ever put up 100 passer rating. Now, like people who, are, who aren't good put up 100 passer rating. People who aren't great. They're good quarterback, not great. The quarterback runs the offense. They are the most important player in the team. They are by far the most position on most important position on the field, far more than they ever have been. They're getting paid more than they ever have. And when you give a quarterback that much money and you make that position that important and you make starting quarterbacks in such a way that they have the idea that I could, I should play quarterback and barely get hit. Then when you've got a guy like Russell Wilson taking hits, when you've got a guy like Deshaun Watson taking hits, they're sitting there saying, well, why am I here? Why am I sticking around? Like I want to play, I want to win a Super Bowl when I'm 43. You know, I want to do that. Russell Wilson could, like he's that kind of talent level. But is he going to? No, he's getting the crap kicked out of him. You you know, if he's going to keep getting beat up, him like Deshaun Watson, he shouldn't be taking those hits. So to me, looking at that, I'm like, yeah, the NFL has set themselves up for this, for quarterbacks to have the same, a similar level of leverage that you see with stars in the NBA. And you're you're going to see it. You're going to see it in the future. Uh, I think you're going to see, I think you're going to see some NBA type moves too, where guys just, you know, pick their own destination and say, I'm going to, you're going to let me go and I'm going to go there because I said so. Oh, I could only hope not. If, uh, if the super team thing becomes a thing in the NFL, that's one of the things I love about football, especially the NFL. It's like, it really feels like any given Sunday is a legitimate thing. Like even the Jets, the putrid, horrible, his, like should have been historically bad Jets won a couple games. And they beat the Browns, who beat the barn doors off this Steelers team. Yep. Like really, it's uh, – I, I hope we're not entering into that era. But in the world of quarterbacks, like you're saying, and their importance level, especially when it comes to the draft, the guys that typically would have filled out the first round, potentially second round guys, they're all getting selected in the top ten because of how important that they are. And when – to me, looking at the Steelers team – and even if Ben Roethlisberger played bad next year and it was his last year, I don't think they'll be anywhere bad enough to be selecting a top guy in the draft. So to me, it feels like if they're not drafting someone this year, they're going to be a team that, that will be involved in that uh, kind of uh, quarterback carousel of uh, 2022. Uh, and if Dak Prescott, in fact, uh, gets that franchise tag, you already kind of see the writing on the wall. Once someone gets a second franchise tag, they're basically gone the next year because it's two years of negotiations and you probably piss the player off to a degree as well. Do you think Dak Prescott could be a name if the Steelers just kind of move on from everyone on the roster? Because right now, none of them are under contract past that. Just to get my kind of bold, kind of strange take that I feel like that could happen, I kind of want to see your thoughts on potentially a Prescott Steelers match two years from now i i honestly can't imagine that i really can't uh you're talking about a dude who wants more money than jerry jones wants to pay him (laughs) it's true so like so like the roonies yeah they're not jerry jones they're they are more t 
team oriented. Like you, you prove it here. Yeah. You get your money. I expect them to draft a quarterback and try and get those cheap years, cheap years of great play from a quarterback. That's, that's kind of more of their style. Uh, I, I wouldn't want Dak Prescott here. I don't know. Like I love Dak Prescott. I don't know if he fits. He would. He'd be a good quarterback, but I don't. I, I also like. I want the. I want those cheap rookie years of a quarterback deal, so we can keep that defense. See where this stems from for me is the Steelers have the most salary cap space as of this moment in 2022. Yeah. So that's kind of where it stems from for people that don't know. The Steelers will have tons of cap to work with in the future. So yeah, but that's some, that's TJ <laughs> Minka. Well, TJ's next year. Minka's the year after that. But yeah, again, they're, they're gonna they're gonna have to start looking at cap for those guys. Oh, exactly. So like those deals will get done. It's say the Steelers do fix their offensive line in this year's draft. Or, like they just go insane. They draft three guys. W- would you be willing to to move up in twenty twenty two? Like I I know that's a draft class away, but like just looking at the landscape of the quarterback position. Is is that a like you you kind of have to trade up if you want someone to start right away? Do, do you think the Steelers could move heaven and earth to get into the top ten of a draft? Okay, let me uh, let me set the table for 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 my trade up next year. My big move to get a top quarterback next year would be it would be the Steelers do get the offensive line fixed and they make a deep playoff run, maybe win the Super Bowl, and however it is, it's enough that Ben Roethlisberger walks away a winner. Right, he's like I. I can walk away a winner. The defense is elite. Then you've got the running game. You've got the offensive line. Then you say, you know what? Do whatever it takes. You know, make the moves. Get up there. Get that quarterback. The problem is then if you're if you're one of the top teams, you're moving up a big big bunch of picks. Yeah, I, I don't know if thirty two to the top ten is even possible. <laughs> well, the the other way to do it would be. Like they go into next season, Ben is legitimately terrible, but we can run the ball and you end up like turning it over to Mason Rudolph or Ben gets hurt, you know, and he's done and and Mason Rudolph plays out the season and we're at like picking it like 15, 16 range, you know, like a nine and seven season. And then, then you could move up, then you could do it. Yeah. That, and that, that might be the way it goes. It, like, again, once this Ben Roethlisberger, uh, contract situation sorted out then uh then i guess we'll kind of see where the team goes from here but i know speaking of that offensive line and kind of uh making improvements to it is something else we want to chat about uh tonight so of course the steelers have brought in uh well they uh they boosted uh, adrian clem from assistant to uh offensive line coach oh i'm blanking on the name of uh the assistant online coach i want to say it's like curtis something along those lines uh as you look up, yeah, he he was the oh he, he was he's been a the prime O line coach for four years in the NFL. He's also been a assistant offense line coach uh, in the NFL. So like they have the experience now um, behind him. But what do you think of those moves and how do the Steelers uh, kind of continue to grow this offensive line and develop it in, into the the next phase of this group? Well, we're hearing more and more that Pouncey's going to retire. I think. You know how I feel about that. I, I really would like him to stick around. Uh, most of all, because I think we need to draft an offensive lineman and Pouncey is a heck of a leader. You know, he's the kind of guy you want to see pass on to the next, the next, you know, group of people kind of give Dotson another year to really develop uh, next to him. I'd love to see it. If Pouncey is gone, center is an issue. 
and I don't know if the answer is in the draft. Like you obviously you can't take like a third round pick and then be like, you're plugged in day one starter. You're our dude. Everything's on you. And that's not how the Steelers operate. The Steelers don't go into the draft with a position sitting there saying we need a starter. You know, they, you may not, we may not as fans like the starter they have, but they have someone they're willing to go into the season with. That's why like the Steelers picked up Mark Barron and then they drafted Devin Bush. Well, they didn't really need Mark Barron then, but they signed Mark Barron because they needed an inside linebacker who could cover. Mark Barron was what was the best they had available. And if you, and if the teams in the draft just say, no, you can't trade up and get Devin Bush and you can't get him or the price is just way too high, then you're riding with Mark Barron and, you know, Vince Williams as your starting linebackers in 2019. So the Steelers, the Steelers always have like a starter there. So if Pouncey's gone, you're talking free agency. We have to sign somebody in free agency. There is no way the Steelers can go into 2021 with J.C. Hassenhauer as their starting center. You can't do that. Um, so I don't I, like that's that's got to be a free agent. I don't even know what free agent centers are out there, but the Steelers will be having to comb through them and find somebody because there's you have to. Uh, I do expect a draft pick, but this year is really strong, really strong for the tackles and tackle slash guard picks. Uh, so that's what I'm looking at is like get yourself a tackle, get yourself a tackle, maybe you know that that will slide into guard because. There's going to be a spot at guard here in a year or two, you know, with DeCastro. He's not long. He's not got long left. Uh, somebody like that, someone flexible, someone that can do stuff like that's an elite talent. That's what I'm looking for. And fill it out. Uh, another thing the Super Bowl taught us is you got to have depth. Kansas City took their best depth, the offensive lineman, and, and made him a starter. And then when other people went down, they ended up with that guy moving to tackle and Stefan Wisniewski playing guard and they, everything. They lost the Super Bowl. Like they lost the Super Bowl for that. So you, we're going to lose a lot of people. We have people kind of positioned to move up, but that was our depth last year. We had good depth on the offensive line last year. If we promote them to starters, you've got to rebuild that depth because offensive line, you're going to play seven guys, eight guys throughout the course of the season because people go down, people get hurt. It's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be a big big process. I think they're gonna draft an offensive lineman. I want that first round tackle, man. That's that's my pick, and uh, I'm hoping Pouncey comes back. If not, free agency. You got to sign somebody. I've been looking a lot at this draft class. Uh, it seems like there's a good potential that uh, that that first round pick could be uh, a tackle, but. There is also a lot of teams with guys retiring. So I could see that first round pick being a position outside of the offensive line. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, of course, this team's heavily rumored to be uh, to be watching that Najee Harris pretty close. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely someone who's against drafting running backs high or paying for one. But it's possible they go down that avenue, especially because of how deep uh, this tackle class is. Second round, it seems like uh, one of those two centers, uh, Creed Humphrey or Landon Dickerson, uh, both kind of project guys, Creed Humphrey being a weird left-handed center. Uh, you don't see that often, and that kind of – it does screw up the flow of things. Uh, the, the ball's getting to a quarterback's hands differently than it's ever been their entire career. Uh, or uh, Landon Dickerson, who's had his season ended four different years in a row uh, via major injury surgery. So it's really one of those point years, and it's harder than usual to predict. But, uh, of course, that uh, – this free agency period is really going to open up 
a ton of eyes. But when it comes to guys on the line right now, do you expect, well, from the way Zach Banner's talking, it really seems like he'll be back. Uh, do you kind of see those tackle spots right now being held down by Chooks Okorafor and Zach Banner? It's that's that's likely. And I especially if they walk into the draft with that, you got to think they're looking at a tackle, you know, in the draft because that would be perfect. You could whoever doesn't, you know, win the starting job, you have a swing tackle. You have a really good backup tackle. If you've got Banner, Chooks and and a rookie there, you're you're pretty well set. You got a, a good position on that. Uh I could see if you see a place where they re-sign Filer and move him back to right tackle. Um, I'd be okay with that again. I'd, I'd be okay with that, but I could see those guys. I think they're going to try and stake as much continuity as they can, especially with Ben Roethlisberger coming back. Uh, you're going to see them keep as much of this group together as possible and add like a few key units. And especially, I mean, Kevin Dotson is going to be a, a nice addition to that line. Uh, so I'm I'm excited about it, uh, and I think I think they will. I think they'll try and stick with the the tackles they have, just because it's cheap. It's cheap hey, and it gives you a lot of flexibility. Something I'm seeing out of the chat right now, and what I was going to ask you next: the Steelers love themselves a reunion with former players. There's two that immediately jumps out to me. Uh, I think both guys have kind of taken a step back a little bit. Uh, Kelvin Beecham and BG, BJ Finney. Uh, could you see either of those two guys uh, reuniting and kind of being the guys that round out the offensive line? For depth, yeah. I don't think anyone would be – either of those guys would be signed for a starter. Uh, but as depth, yeah. And this that actually just made me think of something I did want to mention. Uh, an old Steeler draft pick, uh, A.Q. Shipley, who won uh, a, got a Super Bowl ring with Tampa Bay this season – that's one that's he's been left out a lot of uh we've talked a lot about all the players and Steelers that are that are on those it was were on Tampa Bay. Uh one we left out was AQ Shipley. But like I I would love to see them bring in a BJ Finney for a backup. I don't think he'd be that expensive right now. And he would be good depth and he'd be a good veteran. He knows the position and he knows Ben. Yeah. Uh, and he's he was only gone for one year. Of course, uh, Finney. He looked terrible in Seattle, and uh, he couldn't even crack like the the backup roster in training camp. That was one of the big stories. Of course, myself being a, a West Coast guy, uh, that was one of the things we heard a lot when it came to talking about that team. BJ Finney was like, oh, they signed him for a ton of money, but he's been terrible at camp. And then he gets dealt over to Cincinnati. I'm, I'm not really too sure. Dave Schofield is saying here in the chat that he's, ooh, that is the wrong one. Uh, that he's still under contract, but I do believe he's one of the top kind of cap casualty uh, names that have been thrown around. So that is true. Uh, he he could be, he couldn't be. Well, I, I guess uh, we'll see as the weeks go on. Of course, the waiver period is now open. But I, I guess with all that uh, being said, uh, we are at the top of the hour here. Jeffrey, what, uh, what kind of fun, exciting stuff do we got uh, from you coming out over the next couple of days? Well, since I had a, I actually hurt my shoulder, so I haven't been able to type. Like it hurts to type, uh, my right shoulder. Uh, but as soon as I'm, I'm gonna try and get out a bunch more on it tonight. I'm trying to get out my uh, week five. I've been doing my recap series where I look at the week and what, what we learned from that game. I'm up to week five, and it's gonna be all about Chase Claypool. Uh, and it's, it's gonna be good because I get to cover all the things that Chase Claypool does, uh, his best usage and 
you know, where he needs to improve for the future. Cause they're actually, he's, he was a rookie. Uh, there is room for improvement and the, the sky is really the limit for that young man, but it's, it's, that was a great game and it's, he's a great person to cover. Uh, so that's coming out. Um, that's all I got right now. That's, that's, I, I have been, uh, I've been nursing a sore shoulder, so that's pretty much it. I, I had a bunch of stuff come out uh, earlier this week, but that's it. And we're looking forward to it. And you know what? I think the answer to the trivia question, uh, who the curtain call talks about most on the show, uh, Chase Claypool. That's that's probably a, a fair answer, and uh, will probably be for the foreseeable future. Uh, but uh, Exactly. Uh, with that being said, uh, I guess it's time to say goodbye. Make sure you're clicking over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Tons of stuff, uh, especially as we, we move uh, closer into the start of the new league year. We're going to be all over that Ben Roethlisberger extension whenever that comes uh, down through the pipeline. Of course, check out uh, the entire family of podcasts if you're listening on YouTube or Facebook right now. We got exclusive stuff just uh, when it comes to Apple Podcasts or uh, Pandora, like anywhere, Spotify, you name it. If, if it uh, <laughs> plays podcasts, you can listen uh, to us there. So make sure you're checking those out as well. Tons of great Steelers content. So thank you so much for tuning in with us tonight. Uh, Once again, uh, for my co-host, Jeffrey Benedict, my name is Michael Beck. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you soon, I guess. (laughs) Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.